Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS. We've got a great guest. It's going to be, I've been really looking forward to this interview. We've got a very interesting um, WordPress platform here. Um, our guest is Roger Rosewilds. I'm sure I've totally butchered his surname, but I, I pre-warned him. And as you know, listeners and viewers, my ability to butcher my guests' Christian and surnames is legendary. Legendary. So, but it's going to be a great conversation. He's um, the joint founder of a company called WPCSIO. It's doing something revolutionary in the hosting and managed WordPress sector. Um, it looks a really interesting product. Um, it should be a great discussion. So, um, first of all, I'm going to introduce my co-host, Kirk. Kirk, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Absolutely, Jonathan. Thank you. Uh, my name is Kurt, Kurt Von Annen. Uh, I own a small company called Manana Nomas. I focus uh, primarily on membership and learning websites, and I work with the WP Tonic team. And you can always find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's great. And Roger, would you like to introduce yourself and maybe give the listeners and viewers an introduction what led you to WordPress and also setting up WPCS? Thanks. Um I've heard my last name pronounced many different ways, but this is definitely on another level. So thanks for that. <laughs> Can you correct me, Dave? Because I've been totally embarrassed myself. I, I, I'm almost hesitant to do so because I don't want to um, embarrass on. you too much. But it's uh, my name is, so I'm Dutch, right? So it's uh, it's very hard to pronounce. I always tell my friends, it's it, life's too short to learn any Dutch. Uh, you really shouldn't. But my name is Rosweide. So it's, very difficult to, difficult to pronounce if you're not Dutch. And um, so as it happens, I have a company with three of my best friends. And, and we started as an agency, really. We, um, I have a, a, a history as a, as a content maker, primarily photo, video, actually. And this very quickly shifted to strategy as you, you know, develop your agency. Uh, so I always had a great time. And at some point, we started creating websites as part of the agency offering, uh, which means that uh, a customer would come to us and ask for content or lead pages or campaigns. And we would say, all right, cool. That's that's awesome. Let's do a campaign. Um, where should we lead it to? And it would say the website. And I was I would say, you know, how good is your website? How, how, how well is it converting? And uh, they wouldn't know or it would suck. And so we, we basically just started offering websites uh, as, as, as part of it. Um, fortunately, I have a company with my best friends, as I mentioned, and they're very, very qualified, almost overqualified to only be building websites. And, and they have a history as full-stack developers and cloud engineers building all types of platforms. And um, what I didn't know is that even though I was having an amazing time building websites and designing content and you know coming up with a strategy, they were actually often repeating the same code stack and the site would just look different, right? If you're focusing on restaurants and gyms, for example, they all kind of work the same. Um, and, and as it should, right? At some point, you have a preferred stack and this stack develops over time. You, you get better at it. Um, but, you know, my, my co-founders didn't have such a great time managing all these same similar sites manually 
as I was having creating content for all these sites and you know making a unique something every time. So we actually started developing an app on the sides, and this app was totally like separate from from the agency, and it was focused on hotels, and it was actually the thing that was going to help us switch from a project-based business model to a product-based business model. So now we could really focus on this one particular product, have more synergy, more focus, and we were very excited about it. And then the pandemic happened, and we were supposed to launch the platform on March 23rd, which is my birthday. And in the Netherlands on March 17th, they announced the lockdown. So not only did we lose all of our customers for our agency in the course of a, of a week, because most of our customers had gyms and restaurants. And as you can imagine, <laughs> they suddenly didn't have many, person, many, many, many customers. But also the, the hotel app was just totally redundant. Um, uh, basically, the whole premise of the, of the app was to focus on, on the local area of hotel, which was often neglected by hotels. And now suddenly it was the only area where they could actually still attract some customers. So it was completely redundant. And so a week later... We weren't necessarily um, sad, but we were mostly shocked, as most people were, right? And so my co-founder, Wijnand, he calls me up. At that time, he's just my friend. Like we'd, we'd only started becoming co-founders when we started thinking of our company as a startup and started attracting VC funding. And he calls me up and he says, we're probably going to be building more websites, right? And I say, yeah, that's probably right because websites for us were just an easy foot in the door like you sell a website and then you upsell all these different marketing services on top of it and he says yeah i've been thinking about that it would be really great if i could spin up an unlimited amount of sites automatically and these would all have different designs but underneath it would have the same code base that i can just upgrade and update whenever i like and then i can provision those automatically and then at the same time, it's completely serverless. So I don't have to worry about scaling it up and down. I can just, you know, have it scale infinitely. And it sounded really great. And I had no idea if it, if it ever existed, but we just started building it for ourselves, right? And um, very soon I started talking with some other friends at other agencies. And we noticed that we were solving a problem that, they, that they've been having for a long time. And that's when we started doing some research and we found out that nobody was doing it. And the reason nobody is doing it is because we use uh, the scalable architecture of SaaS called multi-tenancy, which is something that Shopify and Wix and Slack, they use it to scale, but centralize development. And actually WordPress isn't built for that. It's, it's never built for that. And we just so happen to have introduced that because that's what we wanted to use. And we use a cloud architecture called Kubernetes, which is very, very modern, which is also something that has you know a lot to do with timing. And then we decided we had to be a startup. We, we decided we had to switch from the agency to focus fully on, on this. And we called it WPCS. And um, yeah, to make it possible, we had to get some VC funding on board, which we, which we did. And um, yeah, it's been going really well ever since, to be honest. Well, thanks for that introduction. Um, we got some other great questions. We're going to go for our first break, folks. We're... You hear a couple of messages from our major sponsors, but we will be back in a few moments to continue this great interview. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, 
Interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. Hi there, folks. It's Jonathan Denwood here, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, and that's Zolo.com. If you've got a WordPress website, a membership website, and you're looking to link it with a great financial management package, Zolo can provide this solution. So all your bookkeeping needs are done through Zolo. If you need new inbox email functionality and you don't want to pay the high charges that Google will charge you, Zolo offers a great email inbox platform they've got over 50 apps and services that all integrate fantastic with wordpress at great value levels and they almost always offer a fully functioning free product as well so it's just amazing value also if you're a wordpress developer or agency owner zolo are looking for great partnerships in the wordpress space to get all this information, all you have to do, folks, is just go over to Zolo.com and they have the products that you're looking for. Thank you so much, Zolo, for supporting WP Tonic and the Machine Membership Shows. It's much appreciated. We're coming back. We're going to be delving into this really interesting solution um but before we do that i just want to point out if you're looking to host your websites um why don't you look at wp tonic if you're a wordpress professional not only do we offer hosting if you've got a larger project and you're a little bit intimidated to take it on and you don't want to go on some forum and find a development partner, why don't you consider hosting and partnering with WP Tonic? We've got years of experience. We can help you do complicated build-outs. We're there to assist you. If that sounds interesting, go over to WP Tonic slash partners, WP Tonic slash partners. So over to you, Kurt. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, Roger, my question is kind of coming at you from different uh, levels or size of agencies, because like agencies are they could be a dude in a garage like me or they could be, you know, an office building with 150 people in it. Um, What do you think? Like WPCS, what problems or issues does it best tackle for people in the WordPress space? Right. Yeah. So let me tell you first, um, I speak to many agencies almost every day and not often do I encounter a dude in a garage. So you're very unique for sure. Um, but I guess, I guess the, I guess the platform works especially well for, for dudes in garages. You could say, um, as an agency, you either have too little employees or too little work, right? So. You've got too much work, you don't have the manpower to scale it up, or you've got too much work and everybody's stressed. And um, that's the only like the only way that you can really combat that is to either you know get a lot of money in and hire a lot of people and you don't mind them fiddling their their thumbs for, for you know most of the time, 
or you you become more efficient and you become more scalable. And so the way we did that, and we were very fortunate to be able to do so, is to become more efficient by standardizing our processes. So we focus on a specific niche, uh, restaurants and gyms, but we basically did that because we were able to learn from our peers and some of them focus on specific functionality. So they do more uh, web shops. WP Tonic has a special specialization as well. You focus on membership sites. So that's usually how you become more efficient, right? So you, you start standardizing your work and therefore you become better at it, but you're also able to spin up your process faster, you, to speed up your process faster. And so, so we do this for agencies that are interested in building a product, and this product could have different variations. So you could have a product that underneath is really an e-commerce solution, but it can take many different shapes. So you can build an e-commerce solution specifically for restaurants or specifically for plumbers or carpenters. And still, this could all be managed from the same version, as we call that. And then you create your different templates. So these are just different configurations of the version that you have. And then every time your customer comes along, you can just spin that up. And then all these sites share the same functionality. So whenever you want to update something, whenever you want to install a new feature, whenever you want to change your theme, you do this in the, in the version and then you push it out to all your sites at once. And so this is how we enable, it, especially the small agencies, but actually larger ones as well, to really manage a very large number of sites. So you can imagine we serve corporations that have many different brands in their umbrella we serve agencies that focus specifically on a certain use case, but also just people who are, you could almost say, your mom and pop agencies, and they just, just have too much work and they need to standardize their processes. Um, and we do this by having a platform that also enables you certain development tools, making it very easy for you. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's really just a way to spin up different sites and then manage them all as one. Cool. Uh, if I could follow up with that a little bit, I just want to clarify. Sorry. Um, I've, got, I've got about 20 questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking of the of the version thing, and I've been through your website, and, and I, you know, I want to make sure we bring listeners up to speed some too that maybe haven't had that chance to look there yet. But I, I see the version set up. And I and I understand from what you're saying, it's it's like you set up the site and the tech stack, and that to me is like a dream come true. Push a button, boom, recreated, ready to go. But it's different than cloning a site, right? Like, it, does it move the it does does it move like the starter template from Astra over and and pre-populate a site, or does it, or is it like it's a blank site that comes out for the new customer, and you still have to like select the starter template and build the content? Right. So. Um... When you when you build your product, right? So you so you build a website. You have a website, like you just have a website that you always use as the foundation for all of your customers. You can then create what we call a snapshot. This snapshot is you could look at it as a as a backup, like it has everything in it. And so this is what you use to spin up new sites. So whatever you put in the backup is what the customer gets. So they get whatever's mm. in the database, whatever's in the code base, whatever plugins you've used, whatever configurations you've made. That's what they get. So I mentioned you can spin this up and you can actually spin this up automatically. So we have free plugins, but we also have partners that help you build a storefront. So you can actually sell your sites and you know charge them a recurring revenue automatically. So you wake up in the morning and now you've got new customers. And um, 
The difference with WPCS, so it's multi-tenant WordPress, is that after these sites have been provisioned, you can still influence them. So it's not a standalone backup. It's not a clone that you've made. They live together in a version. And so within that version, you have full control over the code. So whenever you change something in that version, you push it out to all your sites at once. And this is what makes it very, very predictable. You can create a new version, which is now a staging environment for all your sites at once, build out your changes, and then move your sites over to the new version. And if something goes wrong, you can always revert back to the old version. Yeah, so you have this I, very safe deployment cycle. Yeah, I know. I just want to get to the meat and potatoes of this, if possible. Um, what it seemed to me is it seemed you seem to be trying um, to do multi-site, but do multi-site in the, for the 2023s. I, each website had its own database. You say that on your front page instead having a global database. So that seemed to suggest that each of these separate database webs, WordPress-based websites can have different plugins, a different theme, a different um, child theme, um, that ability because they're not sharing the same database. And then on top of that, you seem to be suggesting that you offer um, a managed dashboard like managed WP. So you the, the key things I got from it is it's multi-site with managed w, WP and a lot more. Um, but I don't know, you seem to be suggesting now, though, that you can't have each each website can't have its own plugins because you're going to end up with clients who want to install something that's not on the other client's website, if that's making sense. Yeah, it does, of course. Um, so to be a bit more precise about the differences between multi-site and multi-tenancy, so first and foremost, multi-site is a feature of WordPress, right? So within a WordPress installation, you create several subsites. So each of the subsites share the same database, the same file server, ser- uh, fil- same file system, rather, and they share the same server. So it means as you grow your multi-site, you get more subsites, your file system becomes more complicated, it breaks at some point, the database is the, is the same, the server becomes very unscalable. If you want to impl- deploy a new feature, you have to create a backup of the entire multi-site, which takes a lot of time. If something breaks, you have to restore it. So multi-site has all these different downsides. But up until the creation of multi-tenancy for WordPress, so, t- so to say, it was really the only way if you wanted to standardize management of your sites. So in, in that sense, it, it was a great solution up until that moment. But it still had these very severe uh, limitations. And I actually just received a multi-site of, say, 40 websites. And um, the reason why they want to switch over is because they have that scalability problem, right? But in WPCS, the functionality is shared, but the databases are separate. And at the end of the day, they're individual WordPress installations. So the fact that they're individual WordPress installations means that they're also not limited to multi-site plugins. You can do whatever plugin you want to do in it, uh, set into it. And if you take out the site, it is a completely fully functioning site. And I say this because you are limiting your users, your end users, in 
installing or deleting plugins. So they can configure plugins separately, but they can't delete them or install them. And that's because plugins, language files, and theme files are part of the code base. So when I say functionality, I mean code base, and then I mean the plugins, the, the themes, and the language files are shared. However, I must say, we actually have plenty of agencies on our platform who install a multitude of plugins and different themes into the version, and then they actually configure them differently for different sites. Yes. So even though they're utilizing completely different plugins and completely different themes, it's still managed from the same version. Now, this can come become a little bit crowded at some point, and there's many ways to optimize that, but it still happens a lot, quite quite more than we expected, to be honest. Right, so I, th I think you clarified that well, um, because I think it was a key thing that we had to make clear to the people that are listening to this. So what, just to recap, um, is what you're saying is it has, a, it had, on that Pacific side, it has a bit more flexibility in multi-site, but it is, but it still has, well, you can look at it as a restriction or you could look at it as a benefit depending on the scenario that you can't install on each um, website a different pack of different plugins they all share and the same goes with the themes. That's what you're pointing out. Am I correct? Absolutely. So, the best example of uh, uh, one of our customers, they're called Oliver CDK. So it's a commerce development kit. And they've built a POS system with checkout kiosks in actual brick-and-mortar stores. But their software integrates with WooCommerce seamlessly. And so they've got a product on top of WPCS where they build out sites, or actually an agency can build out a site using their suite of plugins that they've curated they make sure they make absolutely sure that everything that is already in the WordPress installation it works well because as we know not all WordPress plugins work well together actually you might update one and then all of them break so they have this this buffer you you could say where they develop they they hand you over a development kit but the beauty of it is they have this partner dashboards that is separate from WPCS, where you get an overview of all your sites. You have SSO, you've got your DNS management, you can create backups, but they've got an, what they call an add-on store. So basically what happens is you have a store that you can monetize where you can upsell your customers new functionality, which is really just activating new plugins, and you can decide your own prices for that. So if you want to upsell them another payment gateway, you want to upsell them uh, Emiliat so that they can make appointments next to selling you know, actual products, um, you can actually upsell that to them in a low-cost I'm, getting, I'm getting a bit confused now, uh, Roger, because I'm not the sharpest tool in the toolbox. <laughs> uh, um, what you seem to be suggesting now is that you, on these different websites, you can install uh, a kind of customized menu of other plugins I thought at the beginning of this conversation you were saying that they all shared the same plugins. I'm getting a little bit confused, Roger, but it's probably down to me. No, no, no. I'm probably I probably could be doing a better job of explaining that. So imagine you've got a site that has a hundred plugins installed, but it's not activated. And then you hide the plugin folder. And then you give the site to your customer and you give them a store like with a subscription oh, page where they get an right. overview of their subscription and you can say, Hey Kurt, you can get Amelia for another $10 per month. All you have to do is click this button. 
and then you activate the plugin so it will appear in their WP admin. They don't have an idea how many plugins are available. And you've also pre-configured them already. So when they pop up, they're you know ready to go. And so really what you're creating is a store for them to activate new functionality that is either already there or that you can inject later because you can continuously update and upgrade your product using WPCS. So you've got this, you're turning WordPress into a SaaS where you can in, you can install new features and make them available you know, after payment. Oh, thanks for clarifying that. That was fantastic. Thanks, Roger. Back over to you, Kurt. <laughs> um, as I, my, my head's going too, right? All the gears are spinning and turning. Um, what were, if you could, Roger, tell us like, what were some of the the technical obstacles that you that you guys faced as a team trying to bring this to the WordPress market? Because it seems like there's a lot of things working in the background of of how you present this. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, the biggest thing obviously is uh, using something called Kubernetes for WordPress. Um, so most hosting companies aren't using Kubernetes. It's very expensive. Mm. Uh, but it is the most scalable way of of you know, hosting virtually anything. Um, making that affordable to us so that we can actually bring prices to our customers that compete uh, was, a, was a big challenge. Yeah. Unfortunately, we succeeded and actually we're releasing a pricing update soon, which will allow us to compete directly with multi-site mm. setups, uh, which is quite a big announcement that I'm actually making this for the first time here. Um so it actually allows you got people the to upgrade. Exclusive, Jonathan. Yeah, no, actually, I mean, I wasn't even uh, supposed to say this, uh, but no, like if you have a multi-site, you can upgrade to WPCS uh, pretty much without extra cost. Um, so that's one. And then the second one, and maybe this is not so much uh, a technical challenge. It's the fact that if, so say for example, you have a thousand websites, and this happens, right? You have customers that have. We have customers that have a thousand websites. And you you used to be on a multi-site, which is which is a very interesting situation to have because now you want to update a plugin and basically you're just injecting new code into your into your multi-site and then you've no idea what's going to happen. Like we have had customers that were afraid to update anything because if anything would break, restoring a backup would take ages and they would lose money and lose customers. So we had to come up with an idea. So we came up with this versioning system. So basically all your sites currently share a version or yeah, so they share the same code base. So you could update a plugin and send that over to all your sites, or you can create a new version that is separate and then up and then update your, your code and then ship them over to the new version. So this is like a very unique idea. This has never been done in WordPress, but that also makes it, a little hard to understand. You have to wrap your head around the idea that you're now utilizing proper DevOps. And DevOps, as we know, is completely lacking in WordPress. It's, it's just, it's virtually non-existent. So now you're, now you're, now you have these very qualified WordPress developers who've got years and years of experience putting out fires and they're doing a really good job. And now you're saying, Hey, look, man, you've got these same skills, but we've got a new tool. And it will allow you to standardize your sites to a to an unlimited extent. All you need to do is wrap your head around versions, snapshots, and tenants. And they're like, "What?" So the the teaching people part is uh, you could say probably the biggest challenge. And once this becomes 
you know, common knowledge, I think you'll see a lot more multi-tenant WordPress platforms because now everybody's going to want one. Yeah, I, I think of it like most of the multi-site projects I've done have been internal projects. Like my most recent person that I consulted with, they were importing trucks to the United States and each dealer in their network got a got a website in their multi-site, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was a working example of an internal multi-site purpose for multiple locations. But then I think of people that tried to use multi-site from an agency perspective, and you think you've got them all wrapped up for this like forever hosting package and profitability, like ongoing forever and ever. And all of a sudden someone goes, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to move my site to somewhere else or I've got a new agency I'm going to use or whatever. And then you've got to extricate that. And it sounds like in your system, it's as simple as just saying, well, okay, here, you can just move that site to wherever you want to put it. Yeah, you can basically install any migration plugin, make an export and then move it anywhere else. And it works just the same. Yeah, that's sweet. That's sweet. Uh, Jonathan, back to you. So um, one of the factors is Pricing, you know, um, you've just indicated that you're going to be changing your pricing structure to some degree um, on this podcast. So with any um, cloud-based hosting or computing provider, Azure, uh, Amazon Web Services, Google Cloud, um, whatever backbone service you're utilizing, and, you know, there's Vulture, there's a number of, um, digital ocean, there's a cost. So, um, and one of the problems with cloud computing is for SaaS, for any company, is these bills can change quite rapidly from month to month where your customers want, they're not going to go with a bill that changes month to month. You've got to give them a set price point. So you're you the provider taking a bit of a risk. Um, is that making sense? And how do you how do you deal with the pricing? Um, I wouldn't say problem, but what I've just outlined. If you agree with what I've just outlined, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean the um, the the American way would would be to say. There are no problems, only challenges, right? And we're, we're here to create solutions. And I actually buy into that the theory or mindset. So, um, yeah, so when we when we launched the platform, we were very aware that we're introducing new concepts. So we wanted to keep at least our pricing simple and predictable. So we said, we're just going to offer all sites for $15 per month, unlimited scaling, no questions asked, twice daily backups. Um and 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 then you might think, how is that even possible? But you have to imagine, if you've got 100 websites, we deal in volume. So now you've got 100 websites that are paying $15 per month, and then only 10 of them are really active or really popular. So for us, it's a great business model. And and for what you're getting, it's, it's, it's brilliant. But we soon realized that we were actually making it very hard for a lot of use cases to get on the platform. Say, for example, like Kurt, the, the, the example you just mentioned, if you're, if you're bringing trucks to the US, I'm not sure how busy those sites are, but I reckon they don't need twice daily backups, right? I mean, they don't change all that much. Um, and I'm also quite sure that they don't receive thousands of customers per day or visitors per day. So it's a bit overkill for them. Um, so we came up with this new pricing scheme where we just basically stripped away the features. We didn't make it 
um, uh, more affordable. We just made we just stripped the features, and we now let you decide the type of container that you want from us, and then the type of skill that you think you're going to receive. So the type of container pertains to the complexity of your site. If you're if you're just on a, a normal portfolio site, and maybe it's an e-commerce site, or maybe it's a simple LMS site, then a low skill is going to do just, or a small container is going to be just fine. And then you've got two other levels, right? So you can you, you can make it more complex, and then we can scale up however you like. Scalability is just how many visitors do you expect to receive? If you choose any of those configurations, you'll have a predictable price. But we wanted to do a hybrid pricing that is more in tune with what you might expect from AWS. And this is more for the experienced cloud savvy veteran, so to speak, who like to err on the, you know, the 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 the, the risky side of things. And if if you know you know, if you know your WordPress and you know your configurations, and you know your developments, this is by far the most affordable, affordable configuration. And in this particular instance, and we call that a metered pricing, you don't have to pick your skill. All you need to do is pick your type of container. So you tell us, I'm building this particular product. It has this type of complexity and we'll work with you to figure out the best container. And then we set a minimum and a maximum number of containers that we can scale to at any point in time. So if you've barely got any visitors, we'll scale down. And if you have a lot at peak moments, we scale up to the maximum that you set for us. And so now when everybody goes to sleep in the US and you've got no visitors, you're hardly paying anything. Yeah, but the, one- the, the, Roger, the problem with this, Roger, is that especially when you're dealing with the me the smaller to medium size agency model, which is going to be the dominant pl- target audience that you're going to be dealing with, um, they have no idea about. Um, they've got so many websites. They probably haven't got anybody on their team that's a Linux experienced Linux administrator, where has any experience of hosting. Um, so they've got no idea. They've got so many websites, but they don't know how many websites they can put into a container. So how do you deal with that question, Roger? Yeah, good question. So um, so like I said, we only make the, the set plans available on our site. So it means that we'll have predictable pricing on our website that everybody can you know, enroll to. And then when we see people onboarding a lot of sites or we see people that are highly active on the platform, we reach out individually and then we'll work with you. And basically we'll we'll develop a relationship where we actually look at your product and say, hey man, I think you can do better. I think you can pay less because this might sound... Are you you sure you have that that particular... It probably goes up, doesn't it, (laughs) Rob? I know know where this was going, but I I assure you there's a strategy behind it. I'm sorry, I'm giving Roger a hard time here, but it's a great product, though, Roger. I do understand this is a really, this is a very difficult thing you and your team are trying to attempt. I'm not an expert on it. I have enough knowledge to realise how difficult you're really trying to do something really diff- different. And I'm giving you a little bit of a hard time here, not because I don't think 
there's great value in what you're doing. It's totally the opposite. But I know the audience that are listening to this and they're all thinking the same things that I'm expressing to you. (laughs) So um, we're going to go for our break, folks, and we'll continue this great discussion, this interrogation of Roger, but a friendly one. Um, (laughs) We will be back in a few moments, folks. Hey, it's Ben's from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with LaunchFlows. Get your copy today. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS, the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to lifterlms.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code PODCAST20. That's PODCAST20. Enjoy the rest of your show. We're coming back, folks. It's all been about... If there's, if there's two things that interest the WordPress SaaS crowd, folks, it's hosting and it's page builders. If you have an episode on either of those, folks, the audience figures go up by about four times the normal episode. So <laughs> this is going to be a very listened episode. Um, but before we go into the other part of this great interview, I just want to point out we've got a great WordPress commu- Facebook community. WordPress is a WordPress community. But on Facebook, it's, a, it's the Membership Machine Facebook group area. Um, you'll find the links in the show notes of this interview. Join us there. It's a great mixture of WordPress developers, implementers, with people that want to build a business on WordPress. Please join us there. It's a great conversation. Both me and Spencer Forum, our moderators, got any questions about WordPress or membership, you can ask them on that area. So over to you, Kirk. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. Uh, Roger, now that uh, Jonathan's grilled you a little bit, uh, I, I get the I get the pleasure of asking a fun question, and that is, um, I mean, just think about. You don't have to give us, you know, names unless you have the liberty to share them. But do, do, can you give us an example of a couple of really good, like, just success stories in your platform, or, or you know, how it's you know elevated their game? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I, I mentioned earlier the Oliver CDK. So if you go to OliverCDK.com, they're, um, like I said, a POS system. They do millions and millions in transactions. They're so popular, they even have their own payment gateway. And so they've built an e-commerce and uh, like many different products on top of WPCS. And I highly admire the way that they're using WPCS to the full extent. Um, another another uh, a customer that's my, that might be a little bit more close to home is a company called Tiny Giant, and they are an agency in Houston, Texas. Um, I believe their site is tinygiant.com. And um, I, I, I bring them up because 
I, I, I think that the president, Randy, has probably the best quote about our product. Um, I actually interviewed him for a case study. And I said, would you recommend WPCS to other people? And he said, no, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I want to keep it for myself. So that was my favorite quotes I got from him. Um, and so actually from, uh, and so what they do, and so um, this might actually be my second favorite quote from him, is he was actually losing customers to Shopify. Uh, because it was more easy, easier to uh, to develop sites, keep them on, um, and he was able to keep his customers because he was migrating those sites to WPCS, therefore being able to lower his agency prices because he was now centralizing management and updates, um, therefore being able to focus more on the service side of things, focus more on the product development, and he was able to retain those customers. So, at the end of the day, what I got from it is we helped him beat Shopify, which is really what we're all about. Um, and then another, maybe not a customer because I, I, I can keep bringing up customers, uh, but maybe another thing that's that's pretty cool is we're doing integration with InstaWP, which is a company mm-hmm. that I'm very yeah. excited about. Um, and so what the InstaWP currently allows you to do is basically it's a local WP, but in the cloud. So you can just upload all the types of different plugins, WordPress installations, and then spin them up for just a bit to test. Uh, but pretty soon, you'll be able to send over whatever you've built with InstaWP to WPCS, use it as a version, and they're actually developing their own storefront solution. So you can actually use our API to spin up your own sites on WPCS automatically. So they're, 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 they're giving you everything that you might need in order to get started with WPCS immediately. And you know, they're, they're an amazing solution and they do something completely different than what we do. So it complements each other brilliantly. Um, so that I think is a great example of how we're bringing together the WordPress ecosystem and, and starting this WordPress-based SaaS revolution, which is, is our long-term vision. Um, we want to we wanna make SaaS development as uh, commonplace for WordPress as website development. Yeah, yeah. So, again, my head was going, so there's a little gap there. I apologize. But uh, Jonathan, back to you. Yeah, before I go into the next friendly question, um, I've just got, you know, I do understand about the restriction on plugin, plugins because you're dealing, you know, the strength of the plugin um, scenario is you've got all this choice, but the problem is you've got a lot of difference in code quality, right? Um, so um, that's the contradiction of the WordPress platform. But when it comes to the actual themes, um, obviously um, the big thing with Gutenberg is what is a theme? Um, you know, the actual... Um, Utilizing the metaphor of theme and child theme is probably redundant in the world of Gutenberg, um, because you're really dealing with, um, libraries, you know, block library, you know, cadence, um, from Astra, you're dealing with Spectre. Um, there's about three to four major, you know, Divi is transforming it in itself into a block library, which I think is a rather good 
I know it's taken them a lot of money and energy to attempt that. Um, so there's probably going to be three to four major block libraries. Um, how does that work? How does the new world of Gutenberg work with the system that you're trying? Will you be able to offer, because what really interests me is offering my clientele who are trying to build a membership, a learning um, platform on WordPress, is that I could offer them blocks that were actually aimed at them to make them to build out a membership website, e-learning platform easier for them. So how does that... This is a very long-winded question, but hopefully uh, I'm not p- pissed you off because I think there was some essence to this question. I don't think Absolutely. I was waffling on. It's just a, how does... How do you what you must be having these discussions internally yourself about how this great new platform that you're trying to build, how it works with the realities of um, of Gutenberg and block libraries? You must be having yeah. this discussion yourself all the time. Uh, but actually, the answer is remarkably simple. We just well, decided to more simpler than my question. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I would hope Sorry, as well. I, by the way. The, the sun is setting here in the Netherlands, so I put a cap on, I hope. Uh, no, it's the actual light. Here. I've, I've got them actually in um, Roger's eyes, actually. Sorry, no. <laughs> no worries, no worries. So, no, the thing is, um, well, the reality is that WPCS doesn't touch WordPress at all, really. So we, 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 we make sure that WordPress can do whatever it wants to do. Uh, so when it develops and, um, and, and, and you now start using block libraries instead of, of themes... That is completely fine. I mean, we're experimenting with WPC or with, with WordPress installations all the time, finding new use cases, providing people with, with blueprints of sites that they can, you know, start using uh, on on our platform immediately. Um, and so far, this is this has worked wonderful. Uh, we're 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 actually experimenting with Cadence quite a bit, uh, which is mostly something that my co-founder does. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, that's that's our solution to just. Leave WordPress be WordPress, and we focus on the infrastructure. Yeah, but it, that's not quite because you've restricted. You've got the um, plugin library; you can hide it. You talked about the shop scenario, but you—it's the same plugins everybody gets. It, what when it comes to the design side of it? Um, could could the um, so you you install Cadence and but. I suppose what you're saying is you can, in whatever library you're utilizing, if it allows you to build your own um, blocks, custom blocks, you can offer them to your selected customers. I think that's what you're saying, isn't it? So you are not touching that side, really, aren't you? Not at all. No, thanks. That's exactly what I mean. Right. That's fine. Sorry. (laughs) Back over to you, Kurt. Well, now the elephant in the room, besides the trash truck out in front of my house making all that noise, um, I got to ask, and it's just, it's a question that's going to come up, so I'm just going to ask now, how does licensing work in a multi-tenancy situation? If if the plugin's in the main site, wow, he got really close there. If the plugin's in the main site and you have like a library of plugins that you install, and then they get duplicated on multiple sites. As the agency, are you kind of like responsible for all of those licensings or is it held in the original site 
and duplicated for the tenancy. <laughs> it's I see Jonathan just like going nuts here. It's a, <laughs> it's a common it's a common question. And uh, uh, how well there's there's, there's there's the legals way, and there's the way that won't piss off the whole WordPress community. Let me be clear. I am not about to give you an answer that is in any way, shape, or form legal. We work with all the plugins, so I would never uh, uh, suggest a way that isn't that isn't cool. Yeah, but yeah, but Roger, what I meant by that is it's open source. So fundamentally, as long as you're not infringing on copyright, um, you can take in. You know, the reason why I'm bringing this up, Roger is I've been having conversations with a number of people and uh, and they're talking about AI and they're talking about you lift all the code um, in WordPress off HubSpot and use AI and you could offer a custom solution and there's nothing that the plugin authors could do about it because it's open source, right? And they're right. In some ways, and I'm, I don't know where this future is going to come from. Some are saying it's going to come much more rapidly. I, I don't know, Roger. But, but the, you've always had that option. You could take any code that's built on WordPress and just offer it because it's open source. I chose with my own solutions to go out and do deals and spend a lot of money to buy actual unlimited website licenses on most of the plugins that we offer on our own platform because I didn't want to piss off the WordPress community and me to become a Mariah in the community, Roger. Well, uh, I mean, there's also a lot of upside to it, right? I mean, sure, you could fork WordPress if you wanted to and you know get the latest version of whatever plugin. And then who are you going to maintain all of that? So the idea of getting a license key is that you ensure updates and new features and then development. And so the way that we go about that is, um, so like I said, you develop all your sites from a version. So if you take the, 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 the smart route, like Jonathan did, and get an unlimited license for your sites, you can just install that unlimited license on your version. And then every time you provision a site, it has that license. But... Say, for example, you are installing a new version and you already have sites. So now, I'm oh, sorry, a new plugin, you already have sites. Now you want to insert a license key in the database of sites that already exist. And for this, we have a feature called PHP constants, which allow you to set a certain PHP constant, which in this particular case would be a license key, for example, and then make that a constant for all your sites. So you can standardize those, those things on all your sites. Um, but I would always say it really helps to work with plugin companies because it just saves you cognitive load, right? Like you don't want to be on the lookout for updates and maintenance of all your sites. Like for sure, you can you can help you can let AI help you a long way, but at the end of the day, you can't see everything, and and that's why I think WordPress is so great because everybody tries to at least work together. Um, and that's why I think this this community is thriving. And if you wanted to do it by yourself, it's just a really hard thing to do. I think that's well put because it is one. It is a bit cliche, but in business terms, it is true. Also, um, I totally agree with it. So, 
Let's try and wrap up this. I've given um, Roger. Roger's dealt with me really well, listeners and views. Uh, um, he's answered all the questions. It's a, it sounds like a great product. I'm enthusiastic for what you're trying to build, Roger, you and your team. Um, so if you, um, I don't know in Holland, if you, if you have Doctor Who on Dutch television and the TARDIS. So if you had your own time machine and you could go back and mentor yourself in your early days on your agency and SAS road, is there one or two things you would love to be able to say to yourself that would help you on your journey? So the other day I read an article um, about Hugh Jackman explaining how he works out for roles. And and apparently as an actor, he can't get injured. So he implements what he calls the 85-15% rule, where you basically only exert yourself to 85%. So you never go to full speed, which allows for more play, for more fluidity, and therefore you don't get injured. And one of the things that has been really hard for me is to not perform or try to perform at 100% at all times, because you just get exhausted and you just get frustrated that you're not at your end goal yet. Well, I never have that problem because I never perform at 100%. So I never have that problem. So, <laughs> I mean, consciously, guys. <laughs> In my age, you, you're just happy to be, a, you wake up next morning, Roger. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to that age and, and just be happy with waking up. But um, no, just uh, like, Get some play into your day, right? Just um, don't take everything so seriously. That is, for me, I, I guess, the advice I would have wanted to have maybe 15 years ago and, and 10 years ago and five years ago and maybe two years ago still. So that would probably be the best advice I could give myself and probably someone else as well. Um, I'm guessing Roger's probably 15 years behind us, Jonathan, because that's about <laughs> when I that's about when I engineered my 80% rule for uh, motorcycle racing and mountain biking. <laughs> Well, it's a great go. point, actually. It's a great point because um, now I still do a fair bit of skiing. I backed off. I don't go down the worst chutes now. I still do some occasional black runs, steep stuff. Um, and But um, if you push yourself all the time, um, either you're going to burn out or you're going to take a substantial injury. So you um and you're going to knock yourself out for a whole season so as it gets later on in the season i actually take more risks (laughs) (laughs) i mean (laughs) i I can imagine but i mean the same applies i mean the, the 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 advice applies also for starting businesses or product right i mean what we're doing is is clearly very innovative and it's 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 very modern but if we wanted to push the envelope every single day, you just burn out. And I've noticed that I've had my, I, I have my best ideas when I'm not trying as much. Uh, I mean, you're still showing up and you're still consistently putting in the work. But if, you, if you're trying to have the best idea and trying to invent the best new feature every week or every sprint, it won't happen. So, um, so like if you wanted to build the best product, I would honestly tell people to relax more which is probably a very european thing to say <laughs> you know take more breaks go on a holiday but uh, yeah i truly believe that yeah um i'm gonna ditch question six because i just got one other question um now obviously um digital ocean bought out cloudways recently 
Um, do you, you know, obviously you've got no control over competition. You just got to build the best product and offer the best service that you can. Um, do you think, um, obviously hosting is changing, you know, you're on the, you're on the edge of that. What you're attempting, um, is very innovative and, um, I do wish you well in what you're trying to do. Um, but what do you think DigitalOcean is going to do with Cloudways? And um, do you think more of the hosting providers are looking at what you're doing and having these conversations that you and your team are having? So we actually partner with hosting companies. We don't compete. Um, so we focus on delivering hosting companies a way to spin up turnkey WordPress products that they can manage centrally, which is completely a different thing from single site hosting, right? Mm-hmm. So that that puts us in the same uh, in the same room or in the same boat. So that really helps me to speak to hosting companies, and I've actually engaged with Cloudways. I've never really engaged directly with um, DigitalOcean. Uh, it seems to me that DigitalOcean has re- replaced the Cloudways brand and WordPress focus with their own. Um, uh, product assortment, as it were. If you go to their website now, it's completely lost the WordPress focus, which is not a bad thing. It's just, you know, it's just a fact. Um, on on the other side, I do, I, I, I haven't seen another hosting company build a multi-tenant WordPress platform. It's, it's not easy, but also for a big organization, it's very hard to drive innovation, yeah. like, you know, entirely uh, in general. Um, so it, it puts us in a very unique position to partner with these hosting companies and, and to do something that is complementary, complementary to the, to the products that they're currently offering. I do, um, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend other hosting companies to try what we do, but instead partner with us. Obviously, that's very good for me, but it will save them so much time and experimentation. And <laughs> uh, that would actually work for them and for us, I guess. That's a fantastic answer. What's the best way for people to find out more about you and um, the company in general? So I guess I guess I could repeat my last name um, uh, and then look me up on, on LinkedIn. But I guess you still have to look at your phone or look at your computer if you wanted to actually know what it's what it is. Uh, but my name is Roger uh, Rosweider, which is R O S W E I E D D E. But you could basically just go to wpcs.io. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, my email address is pretty much littered all over the website. And if you can't find it, you can sign up for a free trial, uh, no credit cards required, uh, submit a ticket in our support, uh, chat and uh, we'll get back to you. And I actually might get back to you personally as well. So you can easily get in touch with me if you wanted to. And all the links will be in the show notes, um, Roger's LinkedIn, um, link and to the website. So it will be in the show notes, folks, on the WP Tonic website. Um, I really think you should have a look at what Roger and his team are doing. It sounds superbly interesting. So, Kurt, um, how do people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, well, Manana Nomas, anything that's labeled Manana Nomas online probably belongs to me. So that's a great way to find me. Uh, it means that we do everything on time and under budget. And then the other thing is LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn almost every day and I encourage people to connect with me. Uh, even though it says to follow me, uh, hit the link, connect, and, uh, and maybe we'll get together on a quick call and figure out what each other's all about. 
That's great. And if you want to really support the show, go over to the WP Tonic YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment about this great interview, give us some feedback, join the Facebook group. There's many ways to outreach and um, talk with us. Love the discussion on WordPress and also Bootstrap SaaS. We will be back next week with another great guest. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group? And also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.